Come, Holy Spirit, kindle the fire within us. Open the eyes of our hearts and see through them. Open our lips and speak through them. Set our souls on fire. stick to the ground and then you feel like you're stuck to the ground. Um, some of us might feel like we're still swinging golf clubs. It's not a, not a normal thing for me. When I, when, on those rare occasions when I actually like go out and play golf, for me it's always an experience in humility. <laughs> an experience in humility. Um, just enough success with God's grace <laughs> to make you go out and try it once again. <laughs> Just enough to keep you going. Had a wonderful day yesterday. A lot of us were out there. A great celebration of this community. A great gathering of this place. Doing the work that God has called us to do. And doing <coughs> of gathering with people who are not all like ourselves. We're not all like ourselves. But finding something outside of ourselves that all of us can gather around as a common cause with all of our individual differences there to work toward a common goal. And it was glorious. It was absolutely glorious. Even though it was a great experience for me in humility. <laughs> we have some themes of humility in our readings today. We have that, that great letter um, to the Philippians about the humility of Christ. And Paul urging the people of God to take on that same mind and that same status of being humble and being a servant. Um, I went recently, um, last Sunday, I was not here with you, I was in Chicago at um, a workshop, if you want to call it that, um, or some kind of educational thing I was at. Somebody gave a $10 million gift to the Diocese of Chicago. And next to their wonderful cathedral, they have this five-story building with classroom space and little hotel rooms and eight clergy gathered with a leader. And we looked at this program called Fierce Conversations. And it came out of the corporate world. It's about having the important conversations that you need to have as a leadership team or as an organization. And it gives you different models depending on what you're looking at. Are you coaching? Are you doing feedback? Are you facing a situation of conflict? So it gives you models of how to approach that. And when I first was invited to this, I thought, well, you know, I love an adventure. And I've been to Chicago, but it's been a while since I've been there. And they've got the best hot dogs. <laughs> they make this one called the Chicago dog. It's to die for. And so I thought, well, great. I can go back to Chicago. I love Chicago. I've been there a few times. We used to live in South Bend, not too far away. We'd go there, and it was a, it was a great place to visit. So I thought initially when I was asked to go, sure, I'd love to go. Oh, it's, it's a workshop on something called Fierce Conversations. And after I committed myself to going, then I remembered that there is this in, introverted inner child. <laughs> this is the last kind of thing that my inner child would want to do. <laughs> Let's gather together with people and talk about communication. <laughs> and how we can improve that, right? Yeah, right? The joke is on you, Bill. <laughs> now, um, this in itself is wonderful. Um, it was a great experience, learned a lot from that. Um, vestry members, beware. <laughs> it's coming. Okay. No, I, I mean that um, in, in a good way. But really the thing that I, that I got from going to Chicago is what I get whenever I go to somewhere where there's a gathering of a church, in particular other clergy. 
because we get to share the challenges of our churches. And I got to hear from people from several dioceses about the kinds of things that are happening in their diocese and the kinds of things that are happening in their churches and the difficulty that some have with senior wardens and the difficulty that some have with the entire vestry and the challenge that some have with entire parishes. And I listened to all this, and we're supposed to share these things, and I really had to scratch my head. Because <laughs> I was just left going like I always am when I gather with clergy. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for this place. Thank you for those who have been my wardens. Thank you for those who have been on my vestry. Thank you for this congregation. Thank you, Lord, that I do not have the problems I see elsewhere. And I look at that and I think about today, um, look at the colic for today. You declare your almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity. Thank you, Lord, that your power is shown to me in the mercy and the pity that you have for me. This God, who is the rector of this parish. And I see that mercy and pity shown by the way you treat me and the way you treat each other. And I look at these other parishes that are struggling, I'm wondering if they get that. If they get that the power of God is not shown chiefly in tremendous acts of power and, 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 and status and wealth and whatever else you might think are the signs of God's power and presence. But chiefly, God's grace is shown to us in that spirit of mercy and pity that God shows to me and to all of us and encourages us to share with each other. And I'm wondering if some of these churches that are struggling so mightily, if they had more of that spirit of God's mercy and pity, that some of the problems they have might not be such big problems that they might be able to communicate with each other and, and overcome some of these problems by just remembering that God's power is primarily shown in the mercy that God shows to us and the pity that God shows to us. The story of a, of, a, of a priest who was on a bus, and like I did this morning, and I went, why are you looking at me, Bill? <laughs> the story of a priest that was on a bus, um, and the bus stopped, and this this highly intoxicated man got off. Just completely inebriated. The kind that you can see the bubbles popping over their head. <laughs> and was unkept, filthy, was carrying a newspaper. And this clergy person looked over and, and just kind of had one of those things like, I really don't like this person who's just got on the bus. And we're just kind of having some terrible thoughts. And then and the person that got on the bus, you know, had this newspaper and, and, and then just turned and said, Father, addressing the priest, um, can I ask you a question? And the priest said, sure, you can, you can ask a question. What's your question? He goes, well, what, what's the cause of arthritis? And the priest says, well, arthritis is caused by excessive drinking, <laughs> immoral living, 
staying out late with people you shouldn't stay out late with, <coughs> and poor hygiene. <laughs> and the highly inebriated man says, you don't say. And he goes back to reading his paper. And then suddenly the priest remembering that we are supposed to have the mind of Christ and be people of mercy and pity. Suddenly remembered that. And remember, well, you know, that was not very merciful and that was not full of pity the way I just treated this man. So, so let, me, let, me, let me make up for it. And he says, so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for what I, the way I responded to you. Um, would, you, would you tell me um, how long was it you had arthritis? And the guy said, well, I don't have arthritis, but apparently, according to this newspaper, the Archbishop does. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know how to weave in Rector of Good Shepherd. <laughs> but I think that's the thing, though. You know, we remember that God is God of mercy and pity. It primarily shows God's grace to us and God's power, God's majesty. Not in works of power as much as in being merciful and showing pity. Of granting us that grace and calling us to be those people of mercy and pity as well. And so I think in the reading today from Matthew when, you know, John has been doing this work in the wilderness and, you know, the... Highly inebriated drunks on a bus are the ones who are coming to John. And yet the good church people don't recognize God's mercy and pity. Because perhaps they've not taken on the mind of Christ. A mind of humility. Of looking at ourselves as not any better than the tax collectors and the prostitutes in our own way, needing God's mercy and pity. The story of early creation. God has created the garden and has placed man and woman in it, and then we had the fall, and, and, and man came to God one day after the fall, after they had left the garden, and, and said, God, are, are you still here? And I said, yeah, I'm still here. Well, God, you know, I really miss those early days that we had together in the garden. Walking in the cool of the morning when you were there with me and, and that unconditional love that you have for me was so obvious, it was so immediate, it was so present, I knew your unconditional love. And I just don't have that anymore out here outside the garden. So God said, okay, here's what I'll do for you, man. I will make for you a companion. I will make for you a companion who will love you unconditionally. And when you get selfish and mean, and you've had a bad day and you're grumbling, this companion will remind you of my unconditional love. And so God made this companion and gave the companion to man, and man was happy, and man's companion wagged its tail. <laughs> and everything was wonderful and then one day man said to God God you know I've named all the animals and I can't think of a name for this new companion 
And God reminded him, well, man, this animal that I gave you as a companion is a reflection of my love, so that animal's name will be a reflection of my name. That animal will be called Dog. And things went along fine. And man had good days and bad days and always came home and received the unconditional love of Dog. Then one day, man's guardian angel reported to God that things were not going quite so well. See, Dog was showing all kinds of unconditional love no matter what, and man started to become arrogant. Started to become arrogant. Man started thinking that he was worthy of all that unconditional love. And so God said, this will not do. Well, God, what are you going to do? I am going to make for man a second companion. <laughs> and when man gazes into the eyes of the second companion, man will understand he's not all that important. <laughs> and so God created cat. <laughs> God created cat. And man gazed into cat's eyes, and cat didn't care. <laughs> and cat did not obey man the way dog did, and man learned humility. <laughs> and man was changed for the better, and God was happy. And dog was happy, and cat couldn't care one way or the other. <laughs> it is God's gift to us. It's God's gift to us that God shows us mercy and pity. It is our gift to the world to reflect that back, to be people of infinite mercy and pity knowing that we have received that gift ourselves. Let us be people.